Hi everyone and welcome to the All Plane Podcast where we talk with the movers and shakers that are redefining the future of commercial aviation. As usual, before we start, I would like to remind you that all previous episodes of this podcast as well as many other aviation stories are available on the All Plane website that's allplane.tv A-L-L-P-L-A-N-E.tv Today we revisit one of our favorite topics and we do so in partnership with one of the global leaders when it comes to defining and creating the airline passenger experience. And when I say creating, I mean it in a very literal way. Because today here on the podcast we welcome Mark Hiller, the CEO of the Recaro Group. If you fly with a certain regularity, chances are that you have tried some of Recaro's products. Because Recaro is one of the world's leading aircraft seat manufacturers. In fact, it is the world leader when it comes to the economy and premium economy segments, with around a third of the market globally. And it is also pretty active in the business class segment. With Mark, we take a deep dive into the history of this German family-owned company that leveraged its prior experience and know-how in the automotive industry to become a major player in aerospace as well. We talk, among other things, about the current trends in aircraft seating, what makes for a great aircraft seat, and how aircraft seat makers can make a major contribution to the sustainability of the airline industry. We also discuss some of the most original and innovative airline seat concepts that have been proposed recently and their feasibility. We also talk about other current topics in the industry, such as why airlines are abandoning the first class product or the success of the premium economy concept that an increasing number of airlines are adding to their product mix. So if you travel by air frequently, you don't want to miss this episode because you will be able to learn quite a lot about the seats you possibly spend a good amount of time on. And now, without further ado, let me welcome Mark to the podcast. Hello, Mark. How are you? Hey, Miguel. Uh, Thank you very much for asking. Very good. Thank you. Well, it's good to see you. I've been a couple of times at Recaro in uh, Shavish Hall. I don't know if I pronounced it correctly or not. My German is good. good. <laughs> in the southwest of Germany, where Recaro is based, it's a very nice town in the middle of the German countryside. It's one of the main centers for aircraft seating production in the world because Recaro is one of the leaders in this space. And I think it's great that we have you here today to talk about the trends in this segment of the industry, which is, is a very important part of the passenger experience, of course. Just before we get into, let's say, the product side and the trends in the industry, I always ask every guest in the podcast to introduce himself and just tell us a little bit about who you are and what's your background and how you got into the aerospace industry. Okay, so uh, my name is Mark Hiller. Um, I joined the Recaro Group uh, 20 years ago. I was working for two years and at the Recaro Holding. And uh, then after two years, I got the opportunity to work for the aviation subsidiary, Recaro Aircraft Seating, being in charge of uh, customer um, activities like sales, program management, customer service. I've done this for a couple of years, and uh, there was another opportunity to take over the role as CEO, being in charge, I would say, of the other uh, relevant departments like uh, purchasing, uh, final assembly, quality engineering. And since uh, more than 10 years, I'm the CEO of Recaro Aircraft Seating. And since uh, one and a half years, more or less, CEO of the Recaro Holding in addition to that. Having reached this point, I must say that Recaro is not only making seats for aircraft. It's a holding company that has different lines of business. You specialize in seats, but you, you do seats for cars, for trains, and for gaming as well. So you're really like a, a seating specialist. 
covering all these different sectors. Maybe let's give you a little bit of a background about the history of our group. So the, the group was founded in uh, 1906, and at this time it was the uh, Reuter Karosseriewerke. And Reuter, uh, the family name at this time, and Karosseriewerke, which stands for car bodies. And uh, the company was producing car bodies for different uh, car manufacturers. One really, I would say, very iconic product was the car body for the Porsche 356. And uh, this car body business was sold in the 60s to Porsche. And the company focused then on the interior and the seating, which was already done before, but uh, then purely on seating. And uh, to bring more or less the company name in line with the business field, the family name Reuter and car body was put together as Recaro. And okay. uh, that's the reason why we are also celebrating this year, 60 year of the Recaro brand. We are really proud about it because it's one of the best known brands for how we call it mobile seating. Then maybe maybe just more, more details. So um, additional fields have been added over the years. Uh, aviation in 72, uh, more or less uh, more than 50 years ago. Uh, then Recaro kits, uh, seats for uh, kids and childs and uh, strollers, uh, gaming uh, in 2018, and uh, last but not least in 2022, uh, seats for trains. Huh? It was an acquisition of a Polish company, and uh, since uh, 2022, we are also doing train seats. And uh, the automotive seats and the child seats in the meantime are a licensed business, All the other business fields are under our direct responsibility. Particularly in aerospace, which is the, the segment that, that interests us the most here, you have a pretty strong position, particularly in, in the economy class sector. I guess many of the listeners have been on a, one of, for example, low-cost carrier where you have, have all these very modern slim seats. Many of those seats are, are produced by, by Recaro, actually. So what can you tell us about the way this, let's say, this sector has been evolving over time, because, of course, there's a quest to get lighter seats and slimmer seats and to, and to make the most out of the space that there is in the cabin. So what's been the evolution of your product line in this space? One, one topic which I would like to point out, which, which is, a, I would say, huge responsibility, but also huge uh, opportunity, um, so the cost of an airline is round about one third is fuel cost. Huh? And for sure, burning fuel is also uh, environmental uh, relevant. Reducing the fuel burn saves a lot of cost for the airline and also helps uh, to have more sustainable products. So that's the reason why we are focusing already since decades on lightweight design. Lightweight design and the best usage um, of the, I would say, real estate of a plane. So, which means we have worked uh, really since years on reducing weight step by step. So, our lightest product per seat is around about eight and a half kilograms in the meantime. And we have also worked on reducing, I would say, the, the space which is used for the seat itself. So, with slimmer um, backrests, still comfortable with netting, with a thin foam layer to assure that we can add as many seats as possible on the plane. So, and uh, these have been two major evolutions over the years, uh, slimmer seats, lighter seats, but not to compromise on comfort, ergonomics, as well not to comfort on reliability. That's the other very important topic. 
so that the seats can be used over 10 years or even longer on the plane and more or less 24-7 as, as they are used. You have a portfolio of products for aircraft seating. I mentioned the uh, light seats uh, that are used in economy class because those are one of your best-selling products and possibly one of the products that most travelers are, are acquainted with because they are on, on many different and, and very popular airlines all over the world. But you have a, a, a pretty broad range of products. So you cover also business class. You also do, I think, uh, a premium economy uh, class seats, which is, uh, we, we'll talk about this now, but it, it's one of the, I think, one of the emerging product types that are uh, becoming more popular in the industry. What can you tell us about the composition of your product line and how important is each of the segments for you? Uh, business, premium economy, and economy class. Okay, so um, overall, all of the segments are very important. Uh, the reason why, first of all, uh, the seat is one of the major differentiator for the airline itself. And we as a, a pure seat supplier, not doing other elements in the cabin, it's very important really to be relevant in all the different segments. We are the market leader for economy class and premium economy, which means our market share is beyond 30%. For the whole in, uh, global industry. Yes, globally. Mm-hmm. And you, you also what needs to be always kept in mind that 80% of the travelers, they are traveling in economy or premium economy. So it's most important. So therefore, we are putting a lot of focus into comfort. Also, for example, sleeping comfort when we are talking about economy long range. Uh, several innovations have uh, also, I would say, started in cooperation with customers. I think one very uh Exciting innovation is with Air New Zealand. Uh, many years ago, we have introduced together with Air New Zealand the Sky Couch, just one example. Okay. Um, we have introduced the so-called high lit- literature pocket uh, in the backrest. So we have moved more or less the literature pocket upwards to provide more shin clearance. That's also patented uh, recovery solution. Premium economy, very important too, because it's a growing field. And we were expecting, uh, with especially with the pandemic, and the impacts that the premium economy will further grow. And this is exactly what we see now, what is happening. And uh, maybe on a side note, what is quite interesting, before some of the airlines, they decided to go for a premium economy, they were concerned if it's cannibalizing maybe their business class or if they are more or less upselling the economy class. In the end, what happens, uh, all of them who introduced the premium economy they have been extremely successful and uh, really happy with the result. And then in the next step, they are extending uh, their premium economy compartment, either uh, into the business class segment or into the economy. So also a very important segment there. And then uh, for sure, uh, last but not least, uh, business class. It's a market uh, segment where we entered later, which means our market share is lower. And this is also the field where we are able to grow significantly above, I would say, the market development uh, with our new products, with our new innovations. Business class also for the airline, one of the major differentiators. If you look into advertisements from airlines, they are normally not so much advertising the new planes, they're advertising the new business class. Indeed, yeah, it's such an important part of of the passenger experience. And that's why I'm curious, how important is the, the brand of the seat maker, like Recaro in this case, when it comes to, let's say, differentiate the product. I, I don't know if you have evaluated in some way 
how much people know about you as a brand and how important that is for the airline when choosing a specific type of seat. Because I know you have got some seats that are, I think, co-branded with, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the right word, but you stick your brand in there so, so people can clearly see this as a Recaro seat. How important is this aspect of branding and marketing in, in the context of an airline in this case? Most people are, of course, familiar with the airline brand, but maybe not as much with the specific supplier of this very important part of experience. Overall, around about 50%, a little bit more of our seats are really branded, huh? where you have got the Recaro label on it. And um, we are also quite proud about it because uh, the Recaro brand is not just a B2B brand. It's also known by the passenger, by the end customer, so to say. And uh, this is also what is proven with different brand surveys, which we are doing on a, on a frequent basis. Um, so some of the airlines, they are really using it. Uh, they are advertising uh, that they have got the Recaro seat. Uh, two examples, we are delivering seats to Frontier. Frontier uh, positioned uh, themselves as the greenest airline in the, in the US. And uh, we are delivering a very lightweight seat. And they have, for example, also in their marketing, but also in their ESG reporting, that important part of their um, sustainability strategy is really the Recaro seat. Or another um, very important customer, Alaska Airlines. Uh, they had uh, a couple of years ago, I'm not sure if they still have it, but they had a seat card in every seat, asking the passengers if he knows what the seat he's sitting on has uh, in common uh, with the seat of a Porsche. So uh, really, uh, customers are really using it. They're connecting it also to the heritage of the brand. And uh, so therefore, it's, it's, it's quite relevant. So from uh, this uh, branding experience, is this something that you are seeing also when it comes to defining the new cab, like the cabin of the future? So when airlines are designing, thinking about what can they do better in the future? How can they surprise the customers with, with new, uh, let's say, a new environment in the cabin? How much of a consultation is there between you, the airlines, maybe some customer service? How much of an active part you are in, in, in defining the passenger experience for different airlines? Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a very good question. It's a collaboration huh? between the airline us and maybe external design agencies. Yeah? And so the airline, for sure, um, on one side, we are presenting uh, innovations like uh, in the Hamburg uh, interior show, uh, where airlines get ideas, what is possible. On the other hand, the airlines reaching out to us. Huh? And uh, we are doing innovation workshops. Sometimes they're also contracting an external design company. They are working together with our designers and uh, to really create brand new ideas and come up with completely new ideas. Um, in the next step, uh, we would start to do maybe a very simple mock-up. Could be out of wood or a foam mock-up to get a little bit of a better understanding how such an idea would work out. In the further next step, uh, airlines uh, very often, they, are, uh, they invite their frequent flyers to receive uh, feedback on such a mock-up type seat. And then later down the road, uh, for sure, there's a selection process. But there it's not at the end. There might be several iterations uh, with design companies, with frequent flyers and evaluations 
to really get the best, the best um, uh, combination out of um, comfort, lightweight design, um, and for sure also in the end uh, with a with a with a good price huh? or with good cost structure. Mm -hmm. Because the let's say the innovation cycles in the aircraft seating industry, how long are they? How long does it take for a new generation of seats that is radically different from the previous one to emerge? And how long does it take from this, let's say, conception stage where the companies involved are gathering feedback, then designing the final product and then getting this into production? I, I'm assuming that's a pretty long process, so it can take a few years to complete mm -hmm. this whole cycle. But um, I'm just curious to, to hear what you can tell us about this. Mm -hmm. So the, the innovation cycle is roundabout. I would say it varies, but it's somewhere maybe six, seven, up to 10 years huh? from wow. uh, current product to come up with a radical new product or the next generation. In between, there are facelifts. Huh? We call it facelifts, where are more evolutionary, I would say, improvements and, and changes. The development process itself vary somewhere between maybe one and a half years up to three years. And uh, if it's really from the scratch, uh, then it can take three years until delivery of the of the final product to the airline. And when you launch a new uh, type of seed, is it because you have previously secured some strong commitment from an airline guaranteeing a, a minimum number of seats? Uh, is this always how it works? I mean, you get some sort of launch customer that, yeah. that would wouldn't be a certain yeah. level of production. What what we do, we do upfront investment huh? because uh, it's also not just about having, I would say, the newest uh, product. It's also about having a feasible concept which can be certified, which is reliable and uh, where we also can commit to sure price and weight targets very early in the process. So what we are doing, we are developing, let's say, a new platform. A basis, which is not customized, but a basis, a concept. We are doing uh, development tests. We are securing the concept. Whenever we have more or less done all the risk mitigation that we know the concept is feasible, we are reaching out to potential uh, customers. And then for sure, we have a launch customer huh, who will be the first one on it. But it's not that there is they are signing up and there's nothing there. It's always on a, on a basis to really secure uh, I would say the certification and the quality requirements. Mm -hmm. uh, you said you have uh, nearly a third of the market, the global market for economy class seeds. Um, how many seeds are we talking about? Uh, so last year we produced around about a hundred thousand uh, seed places. So which means this can be double seeds, uh, triple seeds, quadruple seeds, but a hundred thousand. Uh, we call it packs. Yeah? What do you mean by triple or quadruple? I mean, like a row or on the aircraft? Yes, yes. I'm not talking about row. I, I'm talking about single packs, 100,000. Okay. But okay. they can come in as a double, as a triple, as a quadruple seat. Uh, before the pandemic, uh, I would say in 2019, it was around about 150, a little bit more than 150,000, where you see that we are still not on pre-pandemic level. But uh, I would say around about 30, 35% of the market share is a six-digit number. Are those numbers for economy only or for, for the whole? That's a that's across the board, across but for sure the economy class is the majority. And business class, you said, is, an, is a growth area for you now. So yes. what are the, the reasons, if there's any, something that can be just something kind of random, like uh, because of 
existing previous customer relations or whatever. What is the reason you chose first to, as a company, to specialize on economy class uh, rather than, than business class, for example? Okay, the, the economy class was the starting point for sure to, to enter the market years ago. Huh? And uh, what we're always trying to do be to be really focused huh? because we want to be really the best seed supplier. Mm -hmm. So we decided, first of all, we want to grow our position to really strong position in economy class. We also said, uh, first of all, we will focus on Airbus and Boeing aircraft. Then we added also for sure later on the premium economy and now the business class. In the meantime, we are also supplying uh, seats for Emperor Air aircraft. Huh? So we are always trying to do really robust steps from a very good position, strong position to go into the next, I would say, um, opportunity. That's more or less the reason uh, to do okay. this. And for sure, when you talk about uh, sustainability, when you talk about efficiency, when you talk about how many, uh, uh, the percentage of passengers traveling on economy class, economy class is really, really the basis. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's the one that has the most seats everywhere. <laughs> so Yeah. And uh, in the end, most sustainable. Huh? If you true. talk about uh, CO2 uh, per passenger, in the end, it's economy class, which is most efficient and most sustainable. Mm -hmm. Actually, you you brought up a topic that I was planning to ask you about, but now that you brought it up, I'm I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna move it up the the list of things I wanted to ask you about. It's a sustainability topic because it, it's becoming increasingly important in the industry. From your perspective, the the game is how you get the seats lighter because lighter seat means less weight means less fuel consumption and less emissions. But I don't know if there are other, uh, you're working on other dimensions of the sustainability uh, challenge, let's say. Mm -hmm. um, sustainability goes also quite some years back. Uh, we started more than 10 years ago. We did a life cycle assessment to better understand what are the levers which we, we have as a seed supplier. And it more or less confirmed that 99% of the CO2 footprint is uh, created during the usage phase of the seed, which means the lever is, uh, I would say, density and lightweight design, which creates more or less 99% of the CO2 footprint. Uh, nevertheless, uh, as discussed before, this is something where we have worked on intensively over the last decades to bring down the weight to increase the number of seats uh, on the plane. Uh, but there are still fields uh, which are uh, anyhow important uh, too. And it's about using recycled materials as well as assuring that the seats can be recycled. Normally our seats, the airlines, we are selling the seats so they use it for eight to 10 years and then they might sell it or they might replace it uh, with newer seats, which are lighter, which, more com which are more comfortable, which are up to date. And so therefore it's also about having a concept to recycle the seats. And what happens to those seats? Are they recycled for their materials uh, straight away or, or they, is there an aftermarket for aircraft seats? So you might have these uh, used by other, other airlines. There, there is both, there is both. There is uh, on one side, uh, airlines are selling the seats to other airlines and uh, maybe to smaller airlines and uh, they're having maybe 50 ship sets of seats replaced and then they are selling to the one airline five ship sets to the other one another five ship sets uh, but it's also about recycling and uh, disassemble the seat in the right order to sort the materials and to recycle it. Okay, because and, sort uh, of materials you, you find normally in a seat? Uh, mainly, mainly right now we are using aluminium which for sure can be recycled 
But with the newer seed generations, we are also going further, uh, further more into composites, which means also for composites, uh, there needs to be a concept how to recycle it or how to reuse it. And um, as I said, it's also important to use recycled materials. And uh, we have shown in Hamburg a concept, we called it the R-sphere concept. And uh, for example, we used for the letter, we used the vegan uh, cactus letter as a dress cover. We have also used for the armrest, the compound of cork and, and plastic. And uh, for example, a very obvious uh, thing for the literature pocket, we used fishernets, recycled fishernets. Huh? Wow, uh, interesting. To, <laughs> to show and to give some experience how it can, how it can look like. Huh? Besides that, for sure, it's not just about the product. It's also about the processes which we are using as a company, the certification of a company and, and all that. But this is something what we are tackle uh, in, in terms of our sustainability strategy. Very interesting. And you are also pretty active innovating. It's always surprising because after all, there are some concepts out there that are very outlandish, like uh, stack seeds and capsules, this type of very revolutionary concepts, but actually lots of innovation happens in a more, let's say, subtle way, uh, making use of the, of the current setup. One of the recent products that you launched, you literally presented it just a few weeks ago. It's a seed called Extend, I think, Extend, right? Um, yes. Maybe it's better if you explain it, but you have one, like the bottom part of the seed can be extended, <laughs> as uh, correctly indicated by the name, to make it a smaller or larger seed, depending on the... Um, on the use you are making of that seed at, at the time. And, and you can increase the carbon density from 190 to 194 seeds. So how does it work? What can you tell us about this seed concept? Because I'm mm -hmm. going to post mm -hmm. pictures on the on the show notes, but it would be really interesting to, to learn more about this. Okay, it's on an A320, for example. You can uh, install seeds in the overwing exit area. But to install this, uh, you need to have a certain passageway so that for sure the emergency exit um, is possible. And uh, if you would do this, the seed pen would be really very short and uh, comfort would be compromised. Our engineers came up with the great idea together with, with Airbus that in the emergency case, the exit, the passageway is secured. But during normal operations, uh, which is more or less more than 99.9% uh, of the time the case, you can more or less flip up the seat bottom and to have a more extended seat bottom, which gives you comfort. But if you stand up, for example, in an emergency situation, it will automatically flip down and the passageway is secured. So on one side, securing the certification and uh, being in line with the very important certification rules there. On the other hand, providing additional comfort by flipping up the seat pen. Oh. Uh, it's a quite complex product, I would say, also in terms of the certification, which is underway. But this uh, allows then to add four more seats and arrange the uh, layout in a little bit of a different way. You're gaining these four seats because in the emergency space where you had one row, you can add an extra row now because of this. We, we can add, uh, yes, one row, which means uh, six seats. But the overall layout needs to be arranged in a little bit different way. And in other areas, there will be uh, double seats instead of uh, triple seats. So it adds overall to the layout 
four more seats. Huh? Okay, and this concept is only going to be on Airbus, or it can be potentially expanded to other aircraft types. It's for the for the Airbus A320, especially for the for the specific for the specific layout. Okay, is there an estimated time of entry to service, provided the certification process uh, goes well? Uh, certification and offerability is planned for end of this year, and then it's depending on a customer program. Maybe it could take another another year or so until it's more or less delivered. And right now we are in discussion with different airlines, but overall the interest, uh, and we just talked about sustainability and efficiency, the interest is high. And uh, as said, it also comes with a good comfort. Okay, yeah. And talking about innovation and how to put more seats on a plane, what do you think of some concepts that come up from time to time in the media about people standing, having all these kind of stalls where people might be just subjected by um, some sort of um, yeah, like a, a sort of like a rigid belt, but kind of standing on, on shelf of flights. Does this have any chance of becoming a reality at any point in time? Um, I guess not within my business career huh? uh, because of, I would say, all the different regulations. And I'm not using the regulation as an excuse, but the regulations are there because of the good experience, uh, how helpful it is in an emergency situation. And uh for sure. Therefore, I, I don't believe huh, that there is a really fundamental change in the way we will travel over the next years or decades on the plane. Huh? Well, I think many people would be uh, breathing with relief to, <laughs> to hear that, <laughs> that. We've been talking a lot about economy class, but what about premium economy, business class? Where is the innovation happening in this space? Is it also about doing things lighter or is it about doing things more making seats more that are more comfortable or more luxurious that are more technically sophisticated where do you see the market going in these more let's say premium segments it's exactly both huh? on one side it's becoming uh, the seats premium economy and business class are becoming more premium it's about providing more space it's about providing better privacy, also a privacy which can be adjusted. Huh? If you travel, for example, as a couple, uh, you won't have a different setup in terms of if you're traveling on your own, huh? but the flexibility uh, needs to be provided by the cabin. So it's really about privacy, like doors, privacy dividers, like wings or ears around around the head. That's, for example, one trend what we, what we see. It's also about uh, technology, Integrated, uh, integrating the latest and greatest IFE system, larger screens, higher resolution. Uh, it's also about, for example, providing uh, connectivity with the phone or with an app. Uh, these are things to make it even more, I would say, to individualize the travel experience even more. That's on one side. On the other side, efficiency and weight huh? with all the different features the seats got more heavy and heavy over the years. In some uh, planes, in some customization uh, cases, it's really at the limit or even beyond, where maybe certain seats cannot be installed on some of the aircraft or for some of the missions are not used. And so therefore, it's also about lightweight design. That's the reason why we have one of the lightest uh, seats, for example, in, in our portfolio for a business class. Uh, nevertheless, which comes also with doors and with a lot of privacy privacy options. We have also shown a technology demonstrator with technologies which are not in service, not certified yet, but just to get some, some feedback. 
And to give you an idea of what is it about, it's for example about tactile sound, sound which you also can experience in the seat. Uh, it's also like a sound bubble, but also something what you can experience where the seat more or less is also vibrating um, in line with the with the sound. Or we have worked together also with a startup company and uh, to have some, I would say, opportunities for training in the seat and interaction with the seat. So uh, in the end, you could play a game by moving your body and then you could control more or less a game. You could do some uh, exercises to, to train your body. So these are also more or less under the, uh, I would say, headline of, of well-being. Huh? Interesting. Uh, Interesting. So these are features which we which we uh, can expect uh, in the years to come uh, that we will see it. Huh? I, I still didn't fully understand the sound thing. So what what do you get with this sort of sound bubble? Is it you isolate yourself from the rest of the cabin noise? Or? Yes, you don't need to have a you don't need to have a headphone. More or less, uh, the uh, sound generator is integrated into the seat. That's the one thing. The other thing is really that the seat is more or less vibrating. You can also feel the sound you, know, you have a completely different experience of it huh? okay there's one aspect of the of the market that I, i really wanted to ask about because it's something that came up repeatedly when talking with people in this industry and and that's a phenomenon that is happening right now it's the disappearance of first class in in many carriers and at the same time business class seems to be going strong and and we've got premium economy kind of bridging between economy and business class so i was just wondering what are the underlying factors that are driving this state of things so what we what we have seen over the last years that uh, for sure premium economy in the past, maybe it was economic class. Now we are talking about premium. Uh, business class become became more and more comfortable with more and more features and more or less, I would say, cannibalized first class. And also the business class itself, the whole business class compartment, it's not one seat anymore, which is similar to all of the other seats. There might be a first row no? or specific seats which are even more comfortable and more exclusive. And uh, sometimes we are talking in the first row about a business class plus. And uh, this is more or less, I would say, cannibalizing the first class. First class for sure is uh, way more additional cost for the airline. Different real estate is needed, different space, more space. And it adds also a lot of complexity. So that's the reason why we see that many airlines more or less really stick just to a business class, high-end business class, maybe with a certain business class row and uh, premium economy and economy. Mm -hmm. Where are you focusing your attention for the next, let's say, five to 10 years? Uh, where do you see further growth and where can you, where are you expecting to focus your attention and, and your investment going forward? Right now, on one side, we are more or less having the successful product of our very successful so-called 3710. It's a long-range economy class seat where, for example, some of the aircraft types, we are having a market share, which is beyond 50%. So the focus is really to get the successor in the market and to continue our market success there. But for sure, growing takes place more or less at market rate huh? because the market share is already very high. Uh, in terms of growing by uh, increasing the market share, this will happen in the business class. So therefore, we are focusing also on additional business class to further grow the company. Nevertheless, we want to stick to really to seating because seating 
from our point of view, is one of the most important elements on the plane for the passenger, for the differentiation. And there we see still a lot of opportunities to increase the comfort, reduce the weight, increase the uh, sustainability. Mm-hmm. And just to wrap it up, there's something I wanted to ask you about because there's a lot of talk in right now in the industry about new types of aircraft. And you as Recaro, you have roots in the car industry. You are one of the leaders in the aerospace industry. And now we have this new whole new category, which some call the, like the flying cars. I'm talking about the EV tolls and advanced air mobility. There's a lot of uncertainty still about how this is going to evolve. But one thing seems clear is that whomever manages to, to dominate this category is going to need a lot of seats because there's going to be a cabin in there for passengers, for pilots. So do you have any initiative in this space? And what are your views on that, on that category? I don't know if you have any, you're looking at, uh, at being also a, an active participant on that side of the market, whether these EV tolls are going to need seats that are made more or less in the same way as the traditional aircraft seats, or are we talking about something entirely different? Mm-hmm. From from my current understanding, so EVTOLs definitely need seats, and seats need to be lightweight, and it needs to be also very slim seats. Huh? Um, so that's that's important. On the other hand, it's very short range. Huh? It's a short range, more or less, uh, concept uh, right now with the current ranges of an, of an EVTOL. And I would say in terms of volume, it will also take years or decades uh, because several topics are also need to be solved. Uh, for sure, there might be a breakthrough with the first commercial flights uh, in the next uh, months, more or less. But until it comes to volume, uh, we assume it takes takes quite long. Uh, we are very much excited about the train seats. Uh, we see large investments in Europe and in Asia into train seats. And uh, also from the operators of train seats, uh, they want to provide a same or similar travel experience for passengers if they go by air or by by train. So uh, that's also a very exciting field besides all of the other fields. But I would say the in the end, the good thing is that seating will not be replaced. Seating is for, mo- and mobility is a trend. For mobility, seating is a very essential topic have the right seating products indeed yeah so now you have uh you're into the uh, train seat market as well you bought a, a polish company you already had a, a factory in poland i think making aircraft aircraft seats yes we are doing train seats now uh we we bought a polish acquired a polish uh, company called krovak right now we are looking into the branding uh but it's our second more or less site what we're having now in poland and having also very good experience with productivity and quality uh, with our teams in Poland. Mm-hmm. What type of seats, uh, what type of trains? Uh, is it going to be for suburban trains, for long-distance trains? It's uh, for suburban trains, it's for medium-range trains, but for sure the field, and especially if you look into Asia, for long-distance uh, distance trains is also very exciting. Definitely, we are going to something more like a multimodal way of travel where people are going to be combining a lot more trains with planes and maybe EVTOLs and other other mm-hmm. type of vehicles around and all of them are going to need seats in some way or another so <laughs> i think and, and we think we have got the right ingredients huh? lightweight design comfort ergonomics quality uh, reliability so overall we see uh, the future really really bright in this field excellent well i think that's a, a great uh, point to uh, conclude this uh, podcast edition 
And I wanted to thank you very much for, for being here today on the All Plane podcast. Uh, for people that wish to learn more about Recaro, I would say possibly your website is the best uh, the best point of contact. Recaro-as for aircraft sitting.com. That's for aircraft sitting. And uh, there people can find all sorts of information, I guess. I don't know if there's any other website or channel you would recommend people to check. There's also the one of the group, but it's also linked there. It's uh, recaro.com. Huh? Okay, excellent. So we'll leave it here. And definitely we'll keep an eye on all the novelties you continuously launching to the market that one day we will be sitting on because uh, <laughs> you equip many of the airlines that millions of people travel in. Um, yeah, thank you so much for giving us this, this overview of the seat, aircraft seat market. Miguel, thank you very much for the conversation and uh, the exchange. Thank you. All the thank best. Thank you very much. Before you go, and if you like this podcast, a quick reminder that it would be absolutely great if you could please give it a rating on Apple, Spotify, or whichever platform you are using, or recommend it to a friend or whomever might be interested. Thank you very much and see you soon. Yeah.